Welcome back to the United Podcast, a special edition today because we will be talking about your United players, but it's not the way that obviously you are used to because unless you live under a rock, there was a massive game of football today, England versus Italy. It was the Euro 2020 final in 2021. Italy are your champions, Tom. Yeah, very deserving champions, I think. I think before the tournament, we'll say they are the team of the tournament, but then if the scenario unfolded that England had won, well, Italy are no longer the team of the tournament, and obviously the winners would have to be recognised as such. But um, I think we will dissect it, obviously, but you do have to take your hat off and congratulate Italy because, as I say, probably the best team from that first game of the competition was against Turkey. Um, They didn't look back after that win. Yeah, they didn't, and I think it was fair to say that Italy were the better team over the 120 minutes, or at least in my opinion. Did you view the game the same way, or...? Well, the first half, I thought England were very good and maybe not they didn't do enough to take a 2-0 lead and maybe sort of really hammer home that advantage. But um, I thought England were very good in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once they didn't capitalise, Italy started to grow and grow, whether that was through Italy's performance or England just sitting back as the pressure sort of um, sort of mounted on them. Um, from a tactical point of view, I'm not sure. But um, as you say, over the 120 minutes... While it is a lottery going to penalty shootouts, over the 120 minutes, I think Italy are deserving winners and ultimately, over the tournament, are deserving winners. Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. And i got to say, um, it was nice to see a United player score. I think we said the best scenario would be an England loss, but the United players come out shining in glory. And we will get into it as we progress through this podcast, but I think it's um, unfortunate to say that was not the case. But can we just talk about before the game? Um, The English fans, I hate to be talking about this because it should not be a talking point as part of this podcast, but the way some sectors of that fan base carry on, phenomenal. Uh, you've seen on Twitter violence, vile behaviour. You look online, racism. What's going on, Tom? Well, I think that's one of the things that sort of we discussed in the last podcast. Thinking we started this tournament, or as sort of spectators with no sort of invest, invested interest in any of the nations, saying, "Well, we hope England sort of crash out in sort of fascinating fashion." But as the tournament grew on, and sort of the the story of England, the feel good factor around the team sort of grew we sort of became a little bit behind, sort of supporting England a little bit, especially the United players, and we sort of got on board with it's coming home and everything. And it goes back to sort of hypocritical saying, well, we didn't want them to win, and now now we sort of seemingly want England to win. But when you see those actions before the games, whether it be at Wembley or just around London, it reminded me of why I didn't want England to win, because it's... Because it does come down to Man United before England. Even though we're not English, we're still very firmly in that camp at club before country. And the majority of the country obviously hates Man United. And you see so many of those English fans who support those clubs we don't like. It was very good to see them go home and not have something to celebrate. Yeah, I have to agree with you. And to be honest, it was part of the narrative of why I just couldn't get behind the English side. Like We know plenty of wonderful English people, many of which we've met through supporting United or through this podcast. And it's obviously... The, the behaviour of a few doesn't speak for the entire fan base, much like with United and the way we see modern fans on, on Twitter and so forth. But really disappointing. But it does it, it made it really easy to cheer on Italy this morning, let me tell you. But let's talk about something that was quite fairly positive. Um, Luke Shaw's goal. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I did not have Luke Shaw down as a goal scorer. If you told me a United player was going to score, I would have had maybe Rashford if he got a minute in. Uh, maybe, dare I say, a penalty. Sancho, potentially. Neither of those players started. Harry Maguire with a header, perhaps. But not did I think Luke Shaw would score. So take me through it. What did you think of the goal? And were you surprised he was sort of in a position to score? Well, in terms of the way they lined up, um, with it sort of three at the back and Luke Shaw a little bit more advanced, he always had the opportunity. You didn't think that opportunity would really sort of fall to him, especially so early. But um, as you mentioned, in terms of who you'd expect to score, I was thinking, and obviously not thinking, not a prediction, but in terms of a hope and a desire, a Luke Shaw cross to Harry Maguire, I think that was quite likely, maybe not against an Italian defence in terms of the way they were defending, but that was my thinking. So when you do see Luke Shaw pop up in, was it the second or third minute, to um, a decent little finish because he sort of catches a little bit between the half volley and volley and sort of uses the skid to sort of generate the pace to get past the keeper. It's a hell of a story and, and it's just so unfortunate. And look, we sit here and of course say congratulations to Italy, rightful winners, but it just shows those fine margins and that's something Solskjaer always says, these fine margins. If that stays 1-0, Luke Shaw's got a statue outside Wembley and it's just amazing what that would do to just the footballing landscape, and ultimately Luke Shaw will have a forgotten goal now. No one will remember that because it's now, unfortunately, the negative sort of side of the England missing the, in the penalty shootout. Yeah, have to agree with you there. Um, we have dissected the game a little bit. Um, what did you think of Italy? I, look, we've obviously got some good Italian friends there. I think, naturally, we are, we're more inclined to talk about England because of who's involved. But can we let's give some credit to the Italians. What, what did you think... How did you think they played? I think throughout the tournament, the term I would use is good enough. While I said they're rightful winners and fully deserving of winning the tournament, not only throughout the tournament, but most importantly for them, in the in the final, in the 90 minutes, sorry, the 120 minutes of the final. So if they're the best team throughout the tournament, that should be full of praise. And while I am full of praise for them, I don't think there was anything great. I don't think they were fantastic or I was thinking, oh my God, look at this team. I just think... They were good enough to beat the teams that were in front of them. Now, they did have big big challenges. They had Belgium, Spain, and obviously a home crowd against England. But um, I never saw anything that said, geez, well, like, remember when Spain used to dominate international football? That was a special team. With Italy, I think, yeah, good. Good enough to win the game, but there was nothing special about them. Now, you don't have to be special to win a tournament. You just need to win the football match. And um, I just don't know what to make of it. Again, full of praise for them. But, yeah, good. Uh, I wouldn't say anything over the, over, um, over the top than that. I think you're being a bit harsh on the Italians, mate. I thought they were really good. I thought definitely the team of the tournament prior to the final. Um, and i got to say, there were moments in the game, it just shows that age really doesn't matter sometimes. Like, some of the clearances and the interceptions that Kalini uh, makes, what a defender he is, by the way. Like, seriously, has there been... I mean, obviously, when you think of top defenders in world football or of all time. We always hear Sergio Ramos, uh, Rio Ferdinand, uh, Nemanja Vidic, John Terry, and so forth, Yapstam. All these great names that do pop up and I just, you know, PK and... But we never hear much about Chiellini being spoken of. Is there a well, reason for that? I think it's always... If you're playing in the Italian league, I think it is difficult because you're never going to come up against... And obviously, when he does come up against good strikers and good attacks, he does perform well, so you have to give him full credit. But he's not going to come up 
not so much the individuals, but styles of play which really challenge him and test him in sort of where you would maybe perceive his weakness, maybe a ball in behind, where mm. if he was playing in England, having to deal with that for 90 minutes, turning around and chasing to his own goal, how he'll deal with that over a nine-month season. So, yeah, 100% one of the great defenders. But I wouldn't say has it easy in Italy because he obviously performs on the world stage um, against all types of oppositions. But I think that's probably why he doesn't get that recognition in regards to a Sergio Ramos, a PK, or some of the Premier League defenders. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but i got to say, I wouldn't want to be stuck in an alleyway with him. He, he definitely scares me a little bit. Um, Tom, I'll just give it to you to go through some of our comments and you know what our, what our listeners thought of the game. Yeah, well, first or first off to Rob, obviously one of our keen listeners and um, obviously proud Italian. So first of all, congratulations to Rob. But he goes, respect to England and the United boys. My heart does break for them, but pure ecstasy feeling for my beloved Italy. The two best teams went toe-to-toe. There has to be a winner and loser. That's football. Heads up, the United boys, we go again this year. Um, George from the Supporters Club here in Sydney. Would it even be a major international tournament if England didn't lose on penalties at some stage? I think that's what we were both alluding to at the start of the tournament. We just didn't expect this type of exit to happen in the final. We'll think of maybe round of 16 or quarterfinal. All right, now on to Josh. He goes, biggest fear when they came on was the abuse they were going to get if they did miss. But for a second, can we talk about Harry Maguire's penalty, though? The guy broke the top in, the camera in the top bin. Yeah, belting penalty. I think he should just replace Bruno, to be honest. Well, Bruno does take a good penalty, and obviously we do trust Bruno with our life from the penalty spot. But that is what I want to see from a penalty taker. I think Bruno does sort of scare me a little bit with that hop and a skip and sort of the sort of nonchalant way he does roll the ball in. But that is what I do want from a penalty taker. I want my centre-back, my captain, to march forward and absolutely smash it in the top corner because it was an unstoppable penalty, to be fair. And obviously, when you do break the camera, um, obviously bonus points. But um, obviously, from Ian from Perth just said Luke Shaw. Well, we mentioned Luke Shaw at the start of the podcast in terms of how good he was in terms of not only the individual performance and the goal, but the tournament. I think he does go down, for me, probably the best left back. I know a lot of people were saying Spinozola for Italy, but throughout the tournament, okay, he was in a semi-final and a final. For me, um, Luke Shaw uh, was the best left back out there. And Alok on Twitter um, has two questions. Ollie's man management of Shaw, and now it'll be interesting to see how he manages both Rashford and Sancho. So I'll throw that to you before his last question. But... We do praise Solskjaer on his man management, especially in regards to Luke Shaw, and now we're seeing the benefits of that. Mm. He has a hell of a job on his hands now with Marcus Rashford and obviously the new signing in Jadon Sancho. Oh, I mean, does he though? I guess it comes down to how much do we want to read into this? Um, do we want to look at it as if it's, uh, oh, this is going to be a mental obstacle and they're really going to struggle to come back from this? Or do we look at it as if, look, it's a game for England. England isn't Manchester United. It's a different kettle of fish. You and I were talking about this, Tom, before we recorded today. And I, and I brought up the question to you and I thought, does this actually impact all the English players involved uh, for United? Because the likes of Harry Maguire, Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford, um, they've in within a month, they've both, they've experienced a finals match where they've been unsuccessful going to penalties after extra time. Jadon Sancho, not so much. I think he, he misses the penalty. It wouldn't be the first penalty he's missed in his career. But does it impact the psyche of those players? Not for me. I could definitely see an argument and I'd listen to it. But in, in regards to a shootout, how many shootouts are you going to have a year? 
Now saying that, we'll probably get one in the third round of the League Cup and Marcus Rush will have to take a penalty. But Rashford, he'll score a penalty this season uh, when Bruno's not there. I'm sure that'll happen. But um, look, there is a case it's definitely going to knock their confidence 100%, but confidence swings. Um, there'll be a time where they're bang on form and it'll be the furthest thing from their mind. However, the best thing to do is almost get straight back on the horse. He will need to start the season well now. We'll get into that in probably a later podcast when he will next be available in regards to Marcus Rashford, but it might be a while before he does see the football field again for United, but when he does, his last memory is a bad one. So he needs to hit the ground running and sort of put it in the back of his mind because it will be fresh until he puts things right. But it will be hard to do. Absolutely. And well, according to all reports, Marcus Rashford's off for surgery, I think, on his shoulder. Um, and I think they were saying... Um, he, he's been struggling to sprint at times this season because of the shoulder injury. He hasn't been able to stride out the way he would have liked. And it just makes you think like, and I get it. I get the perspective of you're a professional footballer for a small window and it's an opportunity to get a medal around your neck. But has Marcus Rashford risked so much by going to this tournament? He's barely, I don't think he's played 10 minutes in total. I just, I, I don't understand it. Surely someone at the club would have told him, Marcus, Mate, you're 23 years of age. There's many tournaments you'll have ahead of you. Stay back, do your operation, come back fit for United. Instead, he's coming back with a missed penalty, a loss, and he's now going to go into surgery and he won't be back before September. Yeah, look, it's very easy for us and I completely agree and I'm on that side of the fence saying he shouldn't have gone. But he's, he's me sitting from afar. He's the one who's just on the verge of representing his country at a major tournament on home soil. So it's very easy to say, oh, he shouldn't go. Um, he's feeling completely different things to what we could ever imagine. Now, yes, we're obviously club before country. And when you do look at it sort of from a neutral point of view, it's a stupid decision to go. I was very good with Mason Greenwood. He was obviously fit to go. And we've seen him sort of from all reports is almost the fittest at Carrington at the moment so he was fit and ready to go but a slight knock and they just said look just come out and, and he might not have made the squad anyway who knows what would have happened but I think you're definitely going to see a good strong start to the season with Mason Greenwood because of the smart decision not to sort of put England over United yeah I agree with that um I gotta say Marcus is, sorry Marcus Mason's looking he's looking he's looking bigger isn't he he's already starting to look like he's starting to fill out into that man's frame very excited to see what Mason brings into the season but Tom look there's going to be plenty of time for us to dissect the season um and I think that's the end of football for us isn't it that's the end of football until United's preseason kicks off which I don't think is too far away when when's when is United's yeah, first it's Sunday game? night I think we play Derby so yeah less than a week now there you go. The, the football doesn't stop, um, but I'm sure we'll be watching it. MUTV. Have you made your Have you made your subscription? At risk of listen, there is a risk that you're going to be told you're in the Glazers' pockets if you have. But I'm just warning you before you answer. Look, MUTV is one of my guilty pleasures in regards to lying in the Glazers' pockets. But the way I look at it, I think I don't know what I pay. It's like twenty five bucks a year. Not not even that. It was like I think when I signed up the first season, it was like ten bucks a year, sort of thing. And now it's up to maybe eighteen bucks a year or something. It's minimal. So the way I think of that, it's look, I'm paying for look David May's sort of half a carton of milk and a couple of cookies, sort of thing for Helen and David May on the cast. So um, I don't really see it as sort of lying in the Glazers' pockets. My twenty bucks a year. Yeah, I mean, look, it might buy you a Happy Meal from McDonald's, $20. So, 
you know, if the Glazers are into that, why not? Um, but, yeah, I've got to say, um, Avram, Avram Glazer, not looking in too good a shape. He should probably stick to salad. Uh, Tom, I think that's a good place to leave the podcast. Anything else on, on the Euros or the way United players performed? Um, obviously, we've talked about Luke Shaw, who's had a really positive tournament and tops off what's been a fantastic season. Maguire, in the three games he played, has looked fantastic. Rashford, we know, hasn't played. Jaden Sancho, in this again, didn't play much, but in snippets has shown his quality. Um, anything else to really add? from this tournament or the English players that you want to capture here? Well, just um, on Twitter, Alok, he, th- he threw in another question to wrap up. Um, he goes, Alanga, Ahmad and Shoatire, what's next for them? And I'll, before I throw it to you, I'll just have my thoughts on... Ahmad look, potentially looks like he's going to go on loan. Um, whether that's the right thing or wrong thing, it look, it's looking likely, or the club are definitely sort of pursuing that um, option. Shoatire, I think, is... look. You've seen potentially the greatest footballer ever, Lionel Messi, uh, win for Argentina, finally get that off his um, off his back. Um, he's a small player. Um, he's able to obviously have a decent career in football. Schalke is just he just looks a little bit too small. He, he needs to fill out. He needs to grow a little bit. So I don't see anything um, sort of positive for him this season. Um, I don't think even alone um, would be ideal. I think he maybe just sort of grow and develop in the 18s and 23s. But the one he mentions first in Anthony Alanga. When I first saw Alanga, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, good young attacking winger for United, see how he goes, give him a minute here or there. And when he came on, he did well sort of thing, and then he obviously had that start against Wolves in the last game of the season, scored a very good goal. But again, in his performances, I thought, oh, yeah, he's very good. Will he have a career at United? Look, probably not. I've seen him, in the, not personally in the gym, but I've seen footage of him in the gym over the, um, over the off-season. This boy is big. He is ready to compete at first-team football. Quality-wise, who knows, time will tell. But he's not in that case of Shoatiro. He is ready to go now. The guy is an absolute monster. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. Um, and, and Langa, he looked good. Um, there was He got a snippet. I can't remember who it was against. There was a game where he started on the wing. He, he, look, he didn't impress, but he didn't do anything wrong either. But there was a game where he started a striker. He scored the goal. I want to yeah, say it was, it was against last, Wolves. It was the last game against Wolves. Yeah. He looked good, um, and he is a goal scorer. If you do follow the 23s, he does score goals for fun. Um, and if I'm being honest, between him and um, Xolotire, completely different players. And I think Alenga's the one... Look, all these players won't make it at United. Hell, Alenga might not make it at United, but I think he's the one, if, you ha- if you're choosing between the two, I think he's the one who's more, more likely a prospect. I think the performances he's put in, in in the juniors, but also what he's displayed in the first team. Shalatire, from what I've seen, look, he's got talent. Too Definitely too early to write him off, but you know how many how many United players can come through, particularly in the attacking areas where we do appear well stacked. Um, but I think what could be a good thing for us to do, Tom, maybe on Thursday's podcast, we'll, we'll look ahead to the new season, um, maybe potentially talking about the players who, you know, what preseason might look like and who might line up in that game so I think that will be a good way to get things back to United but I think that's a good place to uh, leave the podcast so again to those who have tuned in thank you um, it's been a hell of a time been catching up with so much football in this COVID crazy uh, time um, and for those in New South Wales stay strong obviously it's tough times for us but you know everyone's had their round I guess it's our turn if you are listening to the podcast make sure you do leave us a review leave a five-star review if you're on Apple if you're on and stay subscribed if you're on spotify if you're on whatever application you are using to listen to us tom pleasure as always and uh, i guess we'll catch you later in the week we'll do mate cheers all right cheers